Sports Broadcasting. Today we're here for our second NBA recap of the year, and today I'm followed by Nick, Sean, Danny, DJ, Daniel, Brito in the house, and Ramon. Uh, yeah, so the first team I would like to discuss are the Brooklyn Nets, ladies and gentlemen. And um, to me, there's no surprise that they're this bad, and there's no surprise that there's this much locker room changes. And that Steve Nash got fired. I mean, we've seen Thank God. over the offseason that KD and Kyrie wanted to leave. And they surprisingly stayed. And the reason why they wanted to leave was because they did not like Joe Tsai and Steve Nash. So one of those two, if not both of those, will obviously um, get fired. And now Steve Nash is gone. You asked me, in my opinion, this is all Kyrie Irving. Uh, mostly, uh, like, this is all Kyrie Irving. Mostly Kyrie Irving. Also, KD, uh, I mean, listen, how many locker rooms is Kyrie going to be a cancer in? Seriously, he's the reason, he's part of the reason why uh, the Celtics did not work out having that young core. And a couple years later, that, that uh, he left the Celtics to help to make the finals. Kyrie is a cancer in the locker room. And, um, uh, yeah, the net struggles are only going to keep happening because they're one of the worst, if not the worst, defensive team in the NBA. It doesn't matter how much you can score, you're going to get outshot if you get people wide open layups. They're one of the worst fast break teams and interior. We've seen what Giannis did to them interiorly. We've seen what Nikola Vucevic did last night. He went to work. Levine pushing the basket, going to the rim. This team has no defense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, by the way, just to uh, clarify, Joe Sai is the owner of the Nets. He can't get fired. Um, I know that, anyway, Kevin Durant does not like Joe Sai. Anyway, so um, I disagree with you on the Kyrie statement. I really don't think that Kyrie is this reason. He had his worst worst game of the year against the, the Bulls uh, last night. Four points, two for sixteen. It's all right. It's all right. We'll bounce back. Uh, we, we 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 were not very great on defense. That's the only problem with our team, really. Uh, hiring Ime Udoka, um, uh, NBA Finals uh, coach. Will definitely help, you know, when he gets unsuspended. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, hopefully the Nets can pick it up. I mean, we've seen it with a ton of teams, so maybe we can do that too. You know, as Lucas said earlier, you know, Kyrie Irving and KD wanted to get traded, and I'm thinking, oh, this Nets team is going to be even worse, you know. But since they're still on the team, you know, okay, the Nets could be somewhat. A little better since Kyrie Irving is going to play a full season um, but you know they're two and six in right now um, and I see this team going nowhere well, I mean we can sit here and we can talk about this new head coach I mean nothing's gonna change they had KD they had Kyrie they have Ben Simmons I mean what more could you possibly want from this team in my opinion I think Steve Nash is just being used as a scapegoat to sit here and cover up for the mess that's actually going on on Brooklyn I think that this team has a lot of talent, in my opinion, but they're not playing to their full potential. I mean, you have a guy like uh, Nick's Cla Nick Claxton. I watched him a little bit last year. He was really good. I actually watched him lock up LeBron in one of these games, and I thought that he would be one of those defensive anchors. Um, I, I Listen, this whole thing about uh, the new Boston, the old Boston head coach being for Brooklyn, and that's going to change. It's not going to change anything. And first of all, I'm sorry, how long is he suspended? Isn't he suspended for the entire season? Yeah. So, I mean, he's not what coming back until next season. So what's going to happen for the rest of the year? I mean, we're just going to see this another year of K, K, KD wasting his season. I, listen, I don't think he wants to be there. I think he's tired of Kevin 
Kyrie Irving, I think he knows that Kyrie Irving is holding him back from actually taking that next step. And I think personally, I I, I personally think that the team will release Kyrie at some point because they are realizing that he's bringing nothing but bad energy and just bad vibes to the locker room. So Now we know, even with my opinions on Mr. Kai, K-A-I, the killer instinct himself, uh, and with my opinion on the Nets, I can't argue with the fact that the Nets are going downhill. It's like showing me a picture of a bird in the sky and me telling you it can't fly. The Nets are that bird, except they are on the ground and I want them to fly, but they're simply being held back. Their wings aren't working and that's what's really frustrating me here. We see KD being very consistent with his games. Amazing player. What do you expect from the Slim Reaper himself? Amazing point scoring. He's great at what he needs to do. He, he, he's a great big man to have. Versatile in every way. Kyrie let me down last night. I was watching the game uh, uh, from my aunt's house. Uh, of course, as you do with uh, all sports games along with the Phillies. But besides the point, I was watching the game and I, I saw flashes of good D here and there. But the main issue was the defense. And Kyrie was also letting the team down because how are you... Uh, a star player that's there you're supposed to be leading the team uh, uh, in a facet where KD needs to lead the team the same manner he does and you fail doing that you fail to be a point scorer and, and it really just disappointed me and what Ramon was saying I can see that you know there's glimpses of truth in that statement that KD is being held back uh, the Nets are being held back in general and I think I'm starting to accept and get off the copium of Kyrie Irving not holding back the Nets and that he might very well be the cancer in the Nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with <clears throat> all that being said, um, you also got to realize the Nets are now 2-6 and six, and uh, you also got to realize the workload that they're putting on KD and Kyrie. This is just Kyrie's minutes over the past couple games. He played 43 against Indy, 40 the, uh, the day before, 42 against Dallas, 39 against Milwaukee, and 39 against Memphis. He's playing this much minutes and not resulting in W's, and it's the first couple weeks of the season. We see good teams like Boston and Golden State. They're putting their guys only 31, 32 minutes, at most 34, 35. So they're rested come playoff time. This team is going full out, and they're not getting wins, which is also really concerning to me in this part. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, I always said it last year, people wanted to call them the scariest eighth seed, whatever. They were bound to get swept. That team has no D, and... You know, we've seen the better defensive teams result in success. Um, This next team I want to talk about is also another New York team, the New York Knicks. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we all know what happened last week. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I would like to mention that they only beat the Pistons, the Magic, and the Hornets, the three worst teams in the Eastern Conference right now. So, (laughs) like, let's be real. the, The Pistons have the worst record and the Magic. The Hornets are pretty down in the Eastern Conference scale. They come and play the Bucks. So not a surprising loss. And the Cavs. This team is going to be great at times. And one thing I do like to see is that they're scoring over 100 points this year. A lot of losses last year they scored 96, 94, 92. Sometimes even 88. Now they're now they have players getting uh you no know, the ball in the basket. R.J. Barrett is going to develop. As season goes on, but ultimately this Knicks team does not have what it has, and I'm just not a believer in Tim Thibodeau. I'm just not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. It just it pains me as a New Yorker, a man 
born and raised in the deep parts of the Bronx to see the Knicks just not be good. It's it's like I love the Nets in the same way that I hate the Knicks. The Nets are the or give me the hope that the Knicks don't have. And you may be laughing about it, but it's the truth. Look at the Nets and they have all the hope in the world, but something's holding them back. Is it Kyrie? Probably there's a high chance. But look at the Knicks. There's nothing holding them back for the most part besides them just not playing at the potential they should be playing. And on top of that, beating teams like the Magic, especially when the Magic uh, historically is just not doing that good in modern times, even with Paolo coming in and playing like he's been in the NBA with such a seamless transition, uh, it seems as though still... Once again, the Magic are not the best team, along with the Pistons, who we know how I feel about the Pistons, not that good of a team. Uh, along with the Hornets, which honestly, right now, I love the Hornets. I love the Mellow Ball, uh, Miles Bridges as well. I just love the whole lineup. And it's just, it pains me to see the Knicks not play at their full potential and only beating the bottom teams in the league. You look at the Knicks and, you know, you wonder, right? I mean, with. Star power like uh, Julie, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett on the team. Uh, you know, you gotta wonder. I mean, all that scoring on the same team. Um, how are they able to? Uh, how are they able to not win, or I guess you can say, just not coexist? But basically, um, Julius Randle, uh, I wanted to talk about for a second. He's uh, 18 points, nine rebounds. Uh, on horrible efficiency, forty-three percent from the field, um, and that's just, uh, in my opinion, I mean, if if you're getting that many points on that bad of an efficiency, I mean, look at how much potential that that leaves. Look at how much space that leaves to get better. So that's what I'm saying about Randall. Other than that, I mean, uh, Brunson has been playing to his definitely to his potential and. I think uh, uh, R.J. Barrett could definitely be doing better um, on the offensive end. On defense, he's pretty. Uh, he took a down step from last season, but I definitely say he um, he uh, took a big, big downhill uh, take on the offensive side of things. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at R.J. Barrett's stats this year, and I'm seeing him. He's underperforming, in my opinion. You know, last year he was averaging around 20 points. This year it's 17 points. You know, uh, five rebounds, two assists. Um, and I see R.J. Barrett as a star player on that team. Um, he carried, he somewhat carried the Knicks to their wins last year. Um, Julius Randle was injured for the last two and a half months of the season. So R.J. Barrett had to step up, you know. Um, but I mean, R.J. Barrett is is a good player in my opinion, um, but he's just not doing what the Knicks have him for. Look, um, I'm looking at these stats right now. I mean, I want to see Julius Randle step up, and I mean that that's just the truth. I mean, come on, you can't be the the main guy, the face of that team, and you have Jalen Brunson. Okay, literally, almost averaging the same points as you. Julius Randle right now is averaging 18.3 points. Jalen Brunson is averaging 18.2. You can't that that's 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 ridiculous. You, you and how you can't win games if 
a star guy isn't averaging at least over 20 points. In my opinion, I think a guy of Jalen, not Jalen Brownson, oh my goodness. Julius Randle. Julius Randle's size, okay, Julius Randle's skill should be averaging at least 23, 24, possibly even 25 points a night. You can't have a guy like LeBron James averaging 25 and you can't average 25. The thing about this is Julius Randle just has to step up, and I hope he does, and if he, if he does, maybe the Knicks will be better. And uh, I like all the points about the scoring having to be better from all ends of the field, but let's keep it straight here. Um, the Knicks are scoring a lot of points, even with RJ Barrett underperforming, even with Julius Randle, you know, maybe not scoring as much as Knicks fans would like them to, and... You know, Jalen Brunson stepping up, but they have key guys stepping up. One thing I do want to mention, though, is they turn over the ball a lot. Mm. Uh, they are in a lot of these games, but it's always one foul or one turnover away from really changing the complexity of how the game is played. Uh, just for the Knicks alone, I mean, like, uh, uh, the Knicks against the Cavs, they allowed 23 three-pointers and turned over the ball 14 times. I mean, seriously... It, you have to balance one thing with the other. You either turn over the ball and play good defense, or you play better defense and and and, and then turn over the ball, and then don't turn over the ball. It, it it you know it has to be a mixture. And with this Knicks team, you know they're young. You know there's growing pains. There's like they're gonna be in the mix this year. I'm very interested to see how far they can go. But as per you know. As for right now, they're not doing as bad. Uh, this next team I want to talk about is the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, mm. ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> we have Meaty. the new beasts in the East, as I like to call them, as Milwaukee is the only undefeated team remaining, and they have beat every team in style and with class, starting with you know opponents like the Sixers, the Nets, the Hawks. Uh, you know, pretty good teams there. You, you have some bad teams in there, but really what's pushing them forth is Giannis Antetokounmpo and the underratedness of Drew Holiday. Even without Chris Middleton, they are finding ways to win games. They are 6-0. and And, all right, you know, you can, you can make the statement that their teams that they're playing aren't even the greatest. But what about Philly? What about Brooklyn? Those are tough teams to beat, and you're beating them without Chris Middleton. You know, that really shows a duo connection between Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo and really solidifying that Giannis is the best player in the league and Drew Holiday is, should, he, he should get more respect than what he deserves. He's a big anchor to this team. Man, I, I just have to say the Bucks they never disappoint me really. If we're being honest here, I don't think there's a moment besides an off game here and there with the team in general. But the Bucks just never disappoint, especially I like what you said with Giannis being a center in the team. I mean, look at the guy. He's 27. He still has years on the board. If you see LeBron, he's what, 35, pushing 40, probably trying to play with his kids. So by the time he leaves the league, he's probably going to be what, maybe 37, 38, maybe even 40. Who knows? It's LeBron. But to focus on the real star here, Giannis has longevity. He has scoring. Giannis has amazing defense, has amazing rebounding. He's the star player that the Bucks need to proceed, especially with uh, guards like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is extremely underrated, and I think we were having a conversation, me, uh, me Lucas, and uh, Sean, uh, where we were, of course, me being a stubborn Nets fan, I was trying to put Kyrie on a top five list. And after some discussion and some enlightenment, 
I realize that Drew Holiday is quite a bit underrated yeah. for what he does uh, uh, on the Bucks, especially when you look at other people on the Bucks like Chris Middleton. I mean, look at the guy. Now, a little joke here. Chris Middleton looks like a fish from Fishtails, but he's the guy giving you 25-plus points a game. You are letting in extra from Nemo just wreck your team with some random buff guy from Greece that's straight grabbing boards, passing, playmaking. But all jokes aside and all comedy put into a lower standpoint, the Bucks are just insane. And if I don't have the Nets, I either have the Suns or I have the Bucks. There's nothing stopping the Bucks from going crazy. And I think personally the Bucks are going to make it this year to the finals. If not, it's going to be very, very close. I don't see another team right now that's capable of doing what they're doing to the capacity with people like Giannis. Yeah, so this is this is how you run a team. I mean, Mike Budenholzer has been uh, absolutely – I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, he's been absolutely, you know, coaching this team how it's supposed to be coached, especially without Chris Middleton. And, you know, more on that Drew Holiday statement, he is a, a key uh, defensive guard that definitely, you know um, – uh, you know, locks down when he needs to. Um, and with Giannis, you know, I mean, there's really no explanation. I mean, he's definitely the best player in the league, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I can't really see anyone over him right now. And uh, he's just been absolutely, without Chris Middleton being his second option, he's been carrying this team. Um, but again, credit where credit's due. You gotta give Drew Holiday. Uh, his piece too. So, um, another person that who I think is underrated as well um, is Burke Lopez. Mm. Um, you know, coming out of the out of his injury, you know, played one month in the regular season. You know, he, he was doing all right, um, uh, points wise, averaging maybe twelve, thirteen. Um, but now, after the postseason, he says, "I'm going to try to stay healthy this year and carry this Bucks team to the." Finals, um, but you know, people told me that Brook Lopez was going to be terrible after his injury. I said, give him time; he's going to be good, and he is the best option um, for that center spot. You know, I love Bobby Portis. Don't get me wrong, but I think Bobby Portis off the bench is just the better option. Brook Lopez needs to start the game. He's averaging four blocks per game, uh, three and a half steals per game. Like that's just pretty incredible what he's doing. Um, you know, when I'm looking at this Bucks team, I, I do have to give credit to Giannis. I mean, he's been phenomenal this season. I mean, not only what he's been doing on the offensive side, but also on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, his defense has been phenomenal this year. And frankly, in my opinion, the way it looks to me, I wouldn't be surprised if he won MVP and if he won Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um, I think with Middleton not being in the mix, I think Brooke Lopez has stepped up because we do know that Drew Holiday was a part of that big three last year. And without Middleton, someone had to pick up the slack. And I think Brooke Lopez, um, I commend him um, for doing an excellent job. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game. You have Drew Holiday averaging 19 points a game. And obviously, you know, you have Giannis averaging 33 points a game. So uh, this Bucks team is definitely going to go far. As of right now, I don't see any team in the East that's really going to stand in their way. I mean, if, if the 76ers are able to wake up out of whatever world they're in. The coma. The, the coma that they're in right now. Okay. And Embiid starts really putting putting in work. And that team starts putting in work. 
if maybe possibly the Celtics, but I mean, I can't really see the Celtics beating the, the Bucks. I mean, I mean, they're a good team, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I do think that the Bucks have the greatest chance of getting out of the East. And then the question is, if they get out of the East, who's going to beat them in the West? Is that possible? I don't know. We'll have to see. Because, I mean, the Bucks are incredible defensively. I mean, there's no way you're getting around that Bucks defense if you cannot shoot the basketball. I don't care what you say. Yeah, I mean, that's part of Mike Budenholzer's specialty. He's always been known for being a defensive coach. Defense in this league translates to offense. <clears throat> this next team I want to talk about is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the team that recently acquired their superstar, their missing piece. Oh boy, has he filled in that void that Cleveland was looking for, man. Donovan Mitchell has, you know, to sum it up, has been basically Jesus for this team. Uh, this team is 5-1. and one. They're on a five-game winning streak. Their only L came in the first game of the year against the Toronto Raptors. And may I add, they only lost by three points. Donovan Mitchell has, you know, he has provided everything that this team has needed. And I think the most important part here is Garland has been out on most of these games, and they are blowing opponents out. Uh, great opponents in the East, like Chicago, and even Boston that they beat without Darius Garland. I mean, seriously, you like you like you got to look at it. Donovan Mitchell, man, the, the Cavaliers knew what they were doing, and I was very skeptical uh, skeptical about this trade because I thought like you know defense really matters the most, and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland aren't the best defender. Coro is shaky, but you know we've seen Dean Wade step in, and Dean Wade has been really really great for them. And, uh, yeah, uh, all honesty, this Cavaliers team really surprises me, but their success, you know, they have to give their success, you know, their tributes to Donovan Mitchell. Um, let me just say something real quick. I mean, this Cleveland Cavaliers team was phenomenal. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, mm. I mean, the core of this team is so good. And it's like when I look at this team, I see a team that can honestly get far. And then not only that, you also have to mention a veteran. Kevin Love. Yeah. Kevin Love is that guy who's been there with the Cleveland Cavaliers for a long time. He's won a championship with LeBron James. He knows what it takes to get to that next level. But with this young team, I mean, I can see this team getting real far in the East. I'm not saying that they're going to get out of the East because we have to be realistic. But, I, I mean, realistically, I can see this team maybe getting a five seed. Okay, five, six seed. I can see it. I can see it. It's possible. Donovan Mitchell's doing good. He's getting good minutes, getting great points. Um, Evan Mobley, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. Um, so I think this team is pretty well-rounded. Um, I heard way back when that people were saying that LeBron could possibly come back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The only thing that I have with that, I would love to see him come back. The only thing about that is in order to get LeBron, they'd have to give up a lot of their young stars. And I don't know if Cleveland it wants to do that because they have a lot of great young guys right now that could really, really, really change this team. So I'm proud of what the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing. Hopefully they can keep it up. And um, let's see what happens in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs are just playing absolute great ball right now. Um, and even with Darius Garland out, you know, that star point guard for them last year, they're still winning games. Um, I'm wondering to myself, if he comes back, um, I know he was practicing with them this weekend. Um, if he comes back, will this Cavs team be as good as they are right now? You have to think. Um, I mean, Donovan Mitchell averaging 30 points a game. 
Evan Mobley's doing great. Uh, Dean Wade, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. Like, this is a star team. Um, but, I mean, I don't have them being a top five team. I'll maybe put them at six, seven. I wouldn't put them down low, nine or ten. Um, they're better than half of the teams in the East, in my opinion. No. Yeah, so this Cavs team on a five-game winning streak right now. They face the Celtics tonight. Um, they will um, for sure, I think, beat them. Uh, I see this. I see this Cavs team as a third seed um, in this in in the East by the end of the season. I mean, their core is fantastic, and especially with Garland coming back, um, I think he's injured with a black eye. Um, but he will be back, and once he is, I mean, this team is going to be fantastic. I mean, you have a starting lineup of uh, Garland, Mitchell, um, Okoro, uh, Love. And uh, Allen, I mean, maybe Levert will start over Okoro. I would say Levert, but um, other than that, I mean, this this team has been fantastic. I mean, beating five in a row: Chicago, Washington, Orlando, Boston, and New York. Um, they've been on a tear, and I think this team will definitely go far in the East. Um, one more thing I'd like to add: the only thing that worries me when I'm looking at this team is the amount of minutes that Donovan Mitchell's getting. Now, in the past, just saying, I hope it doesn't happen, Donovan Mitchell has been kind of injury-prone. We've seen him have instances in which he'll roll his ankle and he'll be out for a few games. So the only thing that I'm concerned about is him averaging close to 40 minutes a game. That is the only thing that, that concerns me because Donovan Mitchell, he's a hell of a player. I think he fills that shooting guard position really well. But I just really, really hope that they don't push him too far and that he won't get hurt. That's all I'm saying about it. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but it just it, that's just a red flag for me when I see a guy averaging 40 minutes a night because I'm like, can you do that consistently for 82 games? I mean, usually you can't. I mean, it's impossible. We're all human. So we'll just have to see what happens when uh, Darius Garland comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking on that fact, you know, Donovan Mitchell playing that much minutes, there's, you know, there's one thing that, like, there's one truth that has to be told, and it is that Donovan Mitchell has always been consistent in his career, you know. We talked about 25.8, really 26 in his career. Most games he gives you 26 or higher. He has his, you know, bad games and games where he does roll his ankles and he gets injured. But, you know, that's why you always have the young guys uh, with Darius Garland being able to step up. And uh, truly, really, if this team can just balance out the minutes and put away bad teams like Detroit and Charlotte early in the, in the first half, you know, they can rest on the Mitchell on those days. I also want to mention Karis LeVert. I mean, this team beat the Celtics with Brown and Tatum giving 32 each with eight and seven rebounds. Um, you know, Mitchell and Levert were obviously uh, better that day, but, you know, with Levert, he really brings a key a key aspect to that team. That being said, the next team I want to talk about is indeed the Boston Celtics. And um, now this team is, uh, they're playing great right now. Uh, you know, while other people want to say otherwise, this team is playing really good right now. Uh, with losses to Cleveland and Chicago, you know it will happen. Um, but what I like to see is Tatum and Brown. Uh, this this duo's evolved and they've only gotten better. You know, instead of being hung over about the finals, they're motivated even more to play better and to make it to the finals again. Uh, this Celtics team will prevail, and 
one key thing I like to mention is Malcolm Brogdon Mm -hmm. averaging 22 and a half minutes a game. Mm -hmm. They're really trying to develop him. Last year, and I really think the problem was they didn't have a ball, a primary ball handler. You know, Smart really isn't that guy. Brown can't really be that guy. And they try to force it to Tatum, and Tatum had his turnovers in the finals. Brogdon not only brings a primary ball handler, he brings playmaking, a little bit of an offensive bag, and defense. Really, what the uh, really what Boston is looking for within a six man, within a player. He's really been stepping up, and he's been playing his role really good. And Noah Vonley filling in for the Time Lord has also been amazing defensively. Uh, this team is is uh, this team is deep. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, this team is deep. Grant Williams has also stepped up his play, even with the loss of Yemei Udoka. This team has not, you know, they have not took a step back, and they're, and they're only going to go uh, forward from here, and they're going to get better. Yeah, the Celtics, ever since last year, even though I was rooting for the Warriors very heavily as a as a great, as a Steph fan, and not only that, I just, I always loved how the Warriors were able to be a shooting team and still not lose uh, because of inside scoring. But when I looked at the Celtics also during the finals, I was also very happy. I would have been happy either way, to be quite frank. Both teams were playing great. The Celtics are great. Al Horford would have made uh, a record had the Celtics won as the first Dominican basketball player to win a finals, which uh, made me quite sad that he didn't win. Even though I was rooting for the Warriors, I needed something for home. But uh, jokes aside, once again, man, the Celtics aren't doing too bad. Uh, People like Jason Tatum, once again, not surprising me. JT has always not been a bad player. He's always been good at what he does. Uh, Jalen Brown, man, do I love Jalen Brown. That man is one of my favorite shooting guards in the modern era at least. Uh, one of my favorite people to watch play, the way he plays is just phenomenal. Uh, Marcus Smart, as Lucas was saying, he's not really a main ball handler. Even though he's sitting there and they want him to be, he just can't be the main ball handler, especially when JT is a huge scorer and so is Jalen Brown. I feel like Marcus Smart needs to up his game a little bit. I'm looking at the stat line right now. And for somebody who's supposed to be a main ball handler with not a single stat averaged above a single digit, you really got to wonder why are they not pushing this guy more? What's happening that he's not reaching the potential he's supposed to be as what the Celtics need him and want him to be? You know what I mean? I feel like he needs to elevate himself a little bit more, regardless if he's dropping 25, 30 a night, but something to hold the team together better. And to be a, a better guard and a better handler that he's supposed to be. I also want to focus on Al Horford once again, my uh, my man, my myth, my legend, my goat, the Dominican King, if you uh, so may say about basketball. Uh, I feel like he also needs to up himself a little bit. There's no reason that Jason Tatum should be grabbing more boards than you while you're playing at the five position. I feel like you should not be letting... Uh, anybody, I think the only exception really would be somebody at the four. But even then, as a center, your job is grab boards, be that defensive player, be what they need to get the ball, make the, the, the passes deep, and then let the team work on what they need to do and do what you need to do when needed uh, in those paint situations. And I feel like Mr. Horford has not really done you know, much of that. I mean, sure, he's grabbing five rebounds, but Tatum is averaging 7.3. What's happening where Tatum's grabbing more boards when, you once again, you're playing at the five? And it really confuses me. The points, eight points average, I mean, you can't 
be too mad about that. He's a center, but once again, I feel like he should be better than what he is right now. He should be upping himself, especially such a huge pillar for communities and such a huge pillar for Latin people that watch basketball. I feel like he needs to up himself. You can't sit there and be somebody, especially for the Dominican community. I know, you know, we're a little bit uh, disappoint, uh, disappointed. You know, I'm looking at him and I'm saying, wow, this guy, this guy's supposed to be really good. And then I look at myself, I'm like, que mentiroso, I'm lying once again. Because he's just not doing what I need him to do. But yeah, man, the Celtics, great team. Uh, but I would like to see people like Marcus Smart and how, for, uh, how Al Horford up it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, this uh, Celtics team, they're doing good. Um, my thing is, uh, they're actually doing you know better than I thought they would without Robert Williams. Um, Robert Williams was definitely a key part of that finals team. I mean, uh, with him out and injured now, I mean, I feel like they're bound to do worse. But um, Al Horford, um, you know, again, needs to up the ante. I mean, he really hasn't been doing much as the center of this team, really. Um, but Tatum's been doing. Tatum and Brown have been doing their best. I feel like maybe they can do a little better. But other than that, I mean. You know, no more Ime Udoka, uh, obviously, for the rest of this season and for the next few seasons, obviously. But, um, uh, yeah, Robert Williams uh, going to make a big return, and I think it's going to make this team a lot better than what they are right now. Well, um, when I'm looking at this Celtics team, we were talking about Al Horford. I mean, we have to understand that Al Horford is, first of all, Al Horford, sorry, is 36 years old. He's 36 years old. And now you're talking about a basketball team depending on him to be their primary center. Let, let's get one thing straight here. You Being 36 years old in the National Basketball Association and being a primary center for a basketball team is not easy. Because playing the five, that is not easy. Because you constantly have to be battling on the inside to get those defensive rebounds on every single possession. Not to mention the pressure that that position puts on your body I mean, can we really expect Al Horford to play at that level for the entire season without Grant Williams? Well, not Grant Williams. Who am I talking about? Without um, Robert, Williams. Robert Williams. I'm sorry. Without Robert Williams. I mean, I think losing Robert Williams was a huge blow for them because, I mean, Robert Williams is significantly younger. I mean, Robert Williams is how much? Robert Williams is 25 years old compared to 36 years old. So, obviously, we would expect him to do more than um, Al Horford. Um, the thing I'm looking at this Celtics team, though, is you're right. Uh, Jason Tatum can't be averaging seven boards. I do think that others need to step up in that aspect. Um, you mentioned Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is averaging six six assists a game. I mean, I guess that's a little bit mediocre for a guy who's supposed to be their primary ball handler. I mean, he is only averaging what? He's averaging one turnover, so that's not too bad. I think they need to try and get the ball out of like Jalen Brown's hands because I realize that he's averaging three turnovers a game. And that turnovers are very crucial in games. I, I want to see Marcus Smart not only on the defensive end, but I want to see the Celtics put him in a position in which he can be successful. Um, I want to see him averaging at least 10 assists a game. If he averages 10 assists a game, I'm telling you right now, the Celtics would be completely different because I've watched him in the finals. The guy's a dog. He's an amazing defender. He knows how to make good decisions. But the Celtics team can go high. I mean... I know there's a lot of drama going around with the, with the coach right now. Um, I was looking at their uh, interim head coach right now. 
Their interim head coach seems pretty good. I mean, this guy isn't afraid to run with his team during practice. He seems like he's going to challenge them this year. So it's just up to how far this team wants to go. Um, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum seem to be sharing the ball pretty well. Um, last year, I know that was a concern. That, I don't know. People thought that they wouldn't mix well because Jalen Brown wasn't accepting that this was Jason Tatum's team. But that's not an effect. They both want to win a championship. I think this year they're going to work towards that. Um, when Robert Williams comes back, I think it's going to be a massive boost to the morale of this team. But I think for now, we need to just take it easy on Al Herford. I mean, the guy's averaging 29 minutes a game at the center position. That's not easy. But um, I want to see what the Celtics team can do. So. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Al Horford's age, and I know that once again, the fact that he's 36 does hinder, uh, you know, the fact that he plays at the five. But I do want to mention another thing is that people like Blake Griffin are 33, and he's 36 outperforming Blake Griffin. So I feel like there's a responsibility, and I feel like there's an expectation of him because of that. Even though he's older, he has. Uh, the smarts he has the ability to outperform people younger than him even if it's by three years just having the three years on him uh, means a lot you know three years is a difference between retirement or you still being a young player with three seasons left and a lot of longevity so I feel like should we take it easy on Al Horford just a little bit but I think we need to remember that there's a responsibility he has uh, as a 36-year-old still in the NBA, and as a 36-year-old, quite impressively still playing, you know, pretty decently, but once again, he just, I'm asking him to up the ante a little bit, to at least average more boards than the, the, the three forward, you know, or to average just two more points a game, and then I think I'll be satisfied. You, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I remember last season, there were multiple moments in which the Lakers uh, head coach Fred Vogel, former actually, he would put LeBron James to run the five, and they would expect him to hold down that center position while AD was out with yeah. his injury. And it's funny that you say that because it's like they held him to those same high expectations that we're now holding Al Horford, which I, I actually do agree with you. I do think that he is capable of doing that because I saw the man in the finals last year, and I'm telling you right now, he was incredible. He was a beast. You didn't even you couldn't even tell he was 36. We called him El Perrito because he had that dog in him. <laughs> I mean, that, that is true. That is true. So I, I do agree with you on that. I, I just think that they should be careful with him. I don't think yeah. they should push him too much because yeah. if, God forbid, he gets hurt, they don't have another center that they can fall But just to. enough of a push to get him to, you know, yeah. perform a little better at no, the no, five. I, I see what you mean. I think rebounds matter yes. a lot. Rebounds do matter a lot. I think if he's able to average maybe eight rebounds, at least more than Tatum, I think I, I understand what you mean. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's one thing I would like to mention about Tatum's rebound count being high and higher than Al Horford. Again, with the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, uh, we're starting to see the Celtics running small ball. You know, sort of catching up with the um, with the with the with the era that they lost to. You know, the Warriors love running that small ball, and they have a young, fast team to be able to run the fast break with them. Tatum has been taking a lot of reps at the four. With Brogdon coming in at the one, Smart at the two, Brown at the three. Then you have Tatum and Horford, which could ultimately be Tatum and Williams, the third, if he does come back. Uh, this team is very young, which I like to see. And they play up-tempo. And, um, you know, Tatum being at the four and Horford, you know, his age is catching up to him, but I, I don't think it's really much of a problem. Uh, Al Horford 
he he knows how to blend in with this team and how to fit in with the Celtics. And again, this team is going to be scary. This is probably the best, if not one of the best team behind the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. This next team I would like to talk to, uh, I mean, talk about, would be the Philadelphia 76ers, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we all know I am a <clears throat> fan, and, um, <clears throat> you know, this team started off 0-3 on a three-game losing streak. Got a win, and then um, picked up a loss. Got a couple wins in between. What can I say? Uh, off to a s- slow start. Uh, a lot of wasted James Harden performances, which I, uh, you know, I just don't like as a fan. Uh, Joel Embiid, I think, is the main topic. Now, as a Sixers fan, I'm not going to say they're Embiid like the outside world does because Embiid does do a lot for this team. However, Embiid's, you know, Embiid's been scaring me uh, a lot. Embiid had a crazy offseason. As we know, he's got engaged and he got that huge contract extension. But it just seems like his focus is not there. His commitment isn't there. You know, we've seen James Harden take a step and take a leap on being committed to winning the finals. And he even lost weight for it. And it, it's shown, you know, his play has improved. Even Tyrese Maxey. And then you go out, you pick up P.J. Tucker. You lost two first-round picks for having early discussions in the offseason just to pick up P.J. Tucker. I think, you know, part of the team's success does come on Joel Embiid, really. He just, again, he's just not looking like... He's not looking there, you know. He's just not looking like he's interested, that much motivated. He's not even picking up 10 rebounds a game, boys. Like, I, I mean, the guy... All right, maybe his scoring can go down because he did have a historic season last year. But his rebound count hasn't even been high. we got to start asking ourselves, really, truly, you know, because last year people want to blame Philly on James Harden not being in shape and all this. This year, I think the Sixers' star player might be their, their, like the one holding them back. Seriously. Um, it, it's just very concerning to me. Against Indiana, you only pick up five rebounds. The other team center is Isaiah Jackson and Miles Turner. I mean, you are Joel Embiid. You are the guy who I thought should have won MVP last year, and you are making me look like a clown right now. Seriously. Um, other than that, Tyrese Maxey has had a couple bad performances, which I also would like to add, but he is young, and he will improve as the season goes on. And, you know, for this young core, they will be better. Um, as a Sixers fan, I do want Tobias Harris out, though. I want him traded for some pieces and a little bit more bench depth, maybe a more consistent shooter. Get P.J. Tucker out. A working out. No, P.J. Tucker's no, great. Yes, he's a great defender. defender. He's a yeah, dog. He's, he's great. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this Sixers team um, was 0-3 the starting. I'm like, you know, teams have a rough start. Um, you know, James Harden playing his full season as a Sixer. Um, I mean, you have to admit, this Sixers team is a top team in the East, in my opinion. With Harden, Embiid, you have Maxi, um, and PJ Tucker, the best, uh, Heat's legend, by the way. Just want to put that out. Um, you know, this team is going to be good for the rest of the year, in my opinion, because you have James Harden averaging, what, 29 points a game, giving you good rebounds. Yeah. Giving he's, eight, nine assists per game. He's averaging 22, 7, and 10. Yeah. You know, that's good for James Harden. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if the if the um, Sixers want to keep this up, you need James Harden and Joel Embiid each getting 20 to 30 points a game. You cannot have Embiid dropping 
10 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Like, that's just not acceptable for Embiid. You have James Harden grabbing more rebounds than Embiid. Yeah, it's especially in that Indiana game where Joel had five, James Harden had none. Yeah, that's, that's, you, you can't have that. And James Harden's lazy. Um, but I mean, this Sixers team altogether is a good team, and I see them just if the if if that team stays healthy, this is a top five team in my opinion. Yeah, uh, the Seventy Sixers, man. What can I say? Joel Embiid, great player, amazing season last season. I absolutely, I love Joel Embiid. I love how he's a he he's a big man that goes in, and not only does he do his job as a big man, he's a big scorer. He's he's like a Jokic in that sense. He goes in, he scores for his team more than uh, some of the guards that are there. But uh, on the thing about James Harden grabbing more boards, he's actually not averaging more boards than Joel Embiid. Embiid's actually averaging 9.5, while Harden is averaging uh, uh, 7 boards. So I feel like in that sense, I mean, sure, a couple of games where Joel has a, a, an off season or an off game. Uh, I apologize for my misspeaking. But I feel like Embiid, he's not performing to the capability that he should be. You're right on that completely. But I feel like we should also give him a bit of a break, especially after how hard he played last season and how well he performed for his team and put out. I think we also need to put a little bit more respect on James Harden. I mean, historically, his stat line is always not bad. He's an amazing ISO player. He's a great guard. You know, everywhere he's been for the most part, he's been good. And last year, did he have a good time on the Sixers? Not at all. If we're being honest with ourselves, it was a bit of a joke the way he performed. I mean, I was in the middle of a Buffalo Wild Wings watching uh, the Sixers game, and a lot of my stories when I'm watching these sports games come from random places because I feel like those are the best parts. I feel like that's when life sets me up to watch the specific moments in sports games where I can really sit there and be like, okay, you know, this is what's happening. But I remember sitting there, and I'm looking at James Harden. He had such a low shooting percentage that game. I think it was 20 or something, less than less than 40, all I know. And his only points are coming from free throws. So to see him going from being a bit on the bigger side, especially for a guard, uh, not you know having the shooting percentage he should be having and only getting points from free throws, into going back and kind of, I feel like he's transitioning back into that Rockets ISO Harden. And there's not going to be anything as good as a Rockets Harden. Let's be let's be fair to him here. That man is a demon when you look at him from back then. Even on the Nets was an absolute demon. But I feel like he's coming back and he's coming back to say, hey, I'm still here. I'm not going to let you guys down. I'm going to perform the way you expect me to perform. I'm going to hit those shots, uh, even though he did miss that one ankle breaker three, which was a bit concerning as it was an air ball. But I want to remind people that even though he airballed that, he still was performing well that game. I believe he had more than 25 points. He had a good amount of assists. I mean, he, he's doing great, especially with 10 assists. Man, averaging a double-double after you had to go and lose some weight uh, akin to Zion. What happened with him losing the weight to get back in shape and perform for his team? I think he's doing a great job right now. And people like Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey never disappoints me, really. Uh, I would like to see... His assists go up, especially as a, a, a one guard. You know, I feel like he needs to be getting more assists than Harden. And I know it's a lot to say, especially since Harden is such a renowned player in the ball game. But when you're playing the one guard, I feel like you should be facilitating a little bit 
more than your shooting guard. You know what I mean? Uh, rebounds look all right here. Tobias Harris always, you know, comes in clutch for me. Tobias Harris is one of my uh, favorite power forwards in the game. Not because he performs extremely well, but because it's Tobias Harris, man. I just, I, I like Tobias Harris. What can I say? Stand-up guy, stand-up player. But 76ers, I, I hope they go far. I don't think they're going to make it to the, uh, I don't think they're going to get past the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's be real here with teams like the Celtics and the Bucks existing they're not getting past the bucks even if they get past every other team but i do think they're going to perform well this season and maybe you know keep up uh, a long time of not doing bad and having good players yeah so um this this team they're a 500 team uh they played eight games and you know they're big three the people who are supposed to be performing as they should um are averaging all over 20 points a game and uh, I think that's detrimental um, especially for you know guys like uh, um, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid who Embiid is averaging 27 and 9 right now um, obviously um, you know this team again 4-4 four and four, you know they're not performing the best I mean again the last time I spoke on the Sixers last podcast, I said that Harden and Embiid couldn't coexist on the same court. And, you know, some games they've proved me wrong, some games they've proved me right. Um, but that's beside the point. I feel like, you know, as long as one of them have a, you know, a good game, a really breakout game, I mean, they'll win games. Because you always have Maxi, you have uh, Tobias Harris. And, uh, you know, those two will perform to their best. So I think, you know, obviously Harden isn't going to perform the same as he did on prior teams, but I feel like he'll he'll play at, you know, still an all-star level. Um, so, yeah, this next team I would like to talk about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, has my favorite player. It's the last team. It is the Phoenix Suns. Mm. And uh, what can I say? You know, there was a lot of doubt within the Phoenix Suns, starting with DeAndre Ayton not getting extended, starting with the Jay Crowder also, and um, you know the very detrimental Game Seven loss against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and then you lose in the preseason to an Australian basketball team. It was looking really bad for Phoenix Suns fans. And uh, especially being like a Booker fan, I want to see Booker and the Suns succeed. However, um, this team has shown that this team is consistent and winners work, man. You know, Devin Booker said it on IG Live, winners work. Um, this team beat, like, like, this team started off the season with a troll. I mean, we all know Adam Silver wanted to do this to them with the Mavericks being the first game in their season. And they prevailed and they won. And they're 6-1. They're the best in the West, the best record in the West. They are the second best record in the whole NBA. Their only loss coming to a Portland Trailblazers overtime loss, which could have went either way. Uh, just, you know, one thing I'd like to mention here is DeAndre Ayton, number one. Uh, a lot of people want to say he didn't want to play for Phoenix, but DeAndre Ayton has been really, really clutch lately. And, you know, he's still been performing at DeAndre Ayton level. And, um, you know, you got to mention the best shooting guard in the league, Devin Booker. 
I mean, seriously, the guy the guy is on a tear this season, and he looks hungrier than ever, even hungrier than the 2021 season. The guy wants to be in the finals back. I mean, you see it time and time again. This team, this team is going to be scary. And, you know, Booker averaging 28, 5, and 4. The guy's, the, guy, the guy's amazing. And even knocking out teams like Golden State, the Clippers, Portland, teams that you thought going into the season were going to be better than the, um, than the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, really getting Clay Thompson to, be, uh, to get his first ejection because of Devin Booker. And Devin Booker really sons Clay Thompson. Um, you know, even even tallying a win against Minnesota and Portland, you know, tough Western Conference team, but they just don't look phased at all. And I love what Chalk Lawndale brings to the Phoenix Suns team and Macau Bridges, I mean, dropping 30 on the one game. It, 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 it's just been really good. And the Suns, you know, they are no joke. I'm always a big believer in the Suns. They're here to stay, man. And it doesn't matter who you throw at them, they're going to win games because that's what they do. They're going to find, uh, like, they know how to find ways to win games coming off of Monty Williams and Devin Booker play. Man, what can I say after hearing uh, all of that? It's just I can only think one thing that comes from that. You may remember it from last podcast. You may not remember it. But all I can think about is this one word, this one beautiful word that, you know, one of my favorite people of all time uh uses frequently it pops up biblically as well for our christian viewers which i think is a majority of you guys um but it is the word blasphemy (laughs) i'll repeat that once again for everybody at home b l a p h e s m y blasphemy blasphemy now, look, I love Devin Booker, okay? Devin Booker is an amazing player. He's a star player. There's no arguing with that. You can't sit here, and I'm not going to sit here and, and be like, Devin Booker's not good at all. Devin Booker's amazing. I, I will agree. He's one of the best shooting guards in the league. I can I can completely get behind that. Uh, I'm looking at Lucas's phone case. He even has a Devin Booker phone case. Now, one thing I want to say about that is you also cannot say that Devin Booker... Suns Clay Thompson when basically any shooting guard Suns Clay Thompson. I mean, let's be frank here. Clay Thompson isn't performing how we expect Clay. I don't know if we need a game six to happen for him to wake up. I don't know if we need something like that to happen for him to uh, thaw out faster than Mariah Carey in November. But uh, to the main point I'm saying, um, I don't want to be too hostile here, but all I want to say is you put somebody on a 2K cover and all of a sudden, you know, people can't, you know, get enough of them. I mean, Devin Booker is great, but you can't put him so, so high as one of the best players in the league right now. He's a top 10 player. A top 10 player in the yeah, league right sure now. Is. For sure. We're completely getting Ooh. behind that. I, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't. So I feel like that's going to wind up our time. We have people like Tofa that want to talk. My goat, my man, my myth, my legend. But all I'm saying is just because he's on a 2K cover does not make him the extraordinary uh, uh, second coming that you want him to be. He's the best shooting guard. You know, all I have to say, and I'm going to say this quickly. Um, you know, the only way Devin Booker is winning right now is uh, dating Kendall Jenner. That's really the only thing. <laughs> 
Um, but other than that, I mean, I have to go now. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Devin Booker, I mean, still one of the best shooting guards in the league. But, uh, yeah, in the way I just expressed, uh, that is definitely the way he is winning right now. You know, Devin Booker, um, Lucas, you're wrong. He's not a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. He, he isn't. Um, but he is one of the best shooting guards. He there's, is no, the, there's no there's disputing no that. question about it. I can, he you is cannot. the best shooting guard. That's, that's mm. debatable. Um, Paul George. Paolo Jorge. Paul George but, you know, I like this Suns team. Um, I know I love it. one person, Cameron Johnson. Mm. You know, Cameron Johnson, um, 60 per, 60% three-point percentage. That is better than LeBron and Kyrie. And, you know, LeBron shoots a lot, so I get it. Um, but, you know, Cam Johnson is this shooter that the Suns needed. You know, you have Booker, you have Bridges, you have Chris Paul. Um, but, I mean, Cam Cameron Johnson almost giving you 30 points against the Wolves. Um, you know, that's just, in my opinion, that's a key player for the Suns. Um, the Suns are the best team in the West right now. Um, you know, I, I you could say the Warriors are, but how they're playing right now, they aren't. Um, you know, my uh, Michael Bridges is doing amazing. Uh, so is Chris Paul giving you, almost, almost gave you a triple-double yesterday. Hmm. Um, you know, two rebounds away, you know, a short, tiny guy. Um, you know, but Devin Booker, I mean, Cameron Johnson uh, almost had double the amount of points Booker had last game. Um, and, you know, people are thinking, you know, they need to double up Booker because, you know, you don't want Booker scoring 30 and 40 on your head. You know, Devin Booker is that number one scoring option right now for the Suns. You cannot let him get 30 or 40 points if you want this Suns team to disappoint. But you can't, they're not disappointing right now because they have other shooters and they have other players other than Booker that will help them to lead the win. Um, look, I, I watched the Suns. I watched them go against my Lakers. The one thing I can tell you about the Suns right now is that if you shut down DeAndre Ayton, they're crippled. DeAndre Ayton is mm. that defensive anchor for them. And I know this from experience. I watched them in the playoffs. You shut down DeAndre Ayton, you shut down that team because that forces the ball to be in Devin Booker's hands more, which means you can pile up the defense on him, which forces him to pass to Chris Paul more, which means that you can pile up the defense on him, and then it could be a little game of watching them toss the ball between each other. Here's my thing. I love the Suns. I do. Wait, let me retract that statement. I actually hate the Suns. Okay? What the Suns did to my Lakers Okay, last mm. year. Was disgusting. Wow. It was disgusting. It was. It was disgusting. A bit foul. The way I cried watching those games at night. I stood up at nighttime wondering where my life went wrong. Okay. It's because the Lakers are a bit of a what we call poverty. Yes, okay, we are poverty. (laughs) We're in need, okay? We're in need. I won't lie to you, okay? Here's my thing. I love the I, I, I tolerate Devin Booker. Me personally, as a player, he's really good. But I don't like him as a person. I mean, I think he's kind of a jerk. But that's just my opinion. Look, look, anyway. look, man. Anyway. Look, when you're dating a Jenner, I don't think it matters what you are off the court. I'm gonna side with Lucas a little bit here. The man is a great shooting guard. Is he the best? No, I have James. Oh, Harden. he is the best. James Harden. I have James Harden over him. Well, no, we're talking about shooting guards. Oh, okay. But I have James Harden over him. Statistically, Harden has more rebounds. He has more assists. Does he have less points? Sure. 
I'll give you that. Devin Booker, the book, the Bookerton himself, is averaging about 27 points. James Harden is averaging about 21. But James Harden is averaging 10 assists. He's averaging those, uh, I think it's six rebounds. The man is doing what a shooting guard needs to do. And a little bit of the one guard, we forget that James Harden normally plays at the one. So he has the experience and the performance of somebody at the one while also scoring consistently uh, and getting some boards. I mean, I love Devin Booker, man. But I do love Devin Booker. I can't hate Devin Booker. I can't. Can I hate the Suns? Yes, I can. Chris Paul's 5'11 and six foot with shoes on. I can't hate Devin Booker specifically, though, because I can recognize that he is one of the best shooting guards in the league. But I don't have him over James Harden. And most importantly, I still have Jason Tatum over him because Jason Tatum is dating Ella May. You can't argue with a man that's dating Ella May when you're dating a Jenner. It just doesn't work like that. Ella May gets priority. You want to know why? Because it's Ella May. I just think that, I mean, you know, me personally, I do think that Devin Book is a really great player. I just think that. The Suns have this tendency of being a little bit too cocky, and I think at the end of the day, it ends up biting them in the rear end. I don't like Jay, uh, uh, Jay Crowder. I don't like Mikael, uh what's his Bridges. name? Bridges. Bridges. He's Mikael amazing. Bridges. I don't like Devin Booker. Honestly, Chris Paul is great because he's, he's one of those veterans, but he's a dirty player sometimes, okay? I've seen it short, happen. Short, no rings. He's short, no rings. CP3OR. Let's not talk about the, the fact that the guy... Fumbled in the playoffs last year. He always and does. When when does he not? Finals, excuse me. No, they went to the finals last year, did they? No. no. Wait, that was the year before. That was the year before they went to the finals? Oh my god, I can't keep up with time. That was the year before. He yeah, fumbled. Chris Paul can't keep up with time either. He can't keep up. Okay. The Suns are good, but at the end of the day, the Warriors will destroy them. Mm. They, they will. They will. The Look the at the Warriors. Season. I'm talking game six, Clay Thompson. They will get absolutely. I completely off. agree. You put a game six Clay Thompson, even outside of game six. Does I'm Clay Thompson fan. perform as much as he wants to? No. I'm a Nets fan. Do you know how badly I want to sit here and, and say that people like Seth Curry and, and Kyrie and especially the Nets right now can go toe to toe with the Warriors? Do you think I want to say that? No, I don't. I don't want to admit it because I'm a damn stubborn person, you know, at the end of the day. But if you look at the Warriors, Mr. Wiggins, Wiggins the GOAT, great player. You look at Wiseman, he's young, he has potential. Looney especially, Looney's a great player. You look at Steph, I mean, Steph completely changed the game. Mr. Poole, the pool party himself, even after, you know, the recent encounter uh, with Mr. Draymond Green. Uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't exactly commentate on Ramon right now. But uh, he's having a lot of fun with what I just said. But uh, in all seriousness, I mean, Jordan Poole really just came out of nowhere last year from the left corner of Middle Eastern Babylon, uh, just suddenly comes through and performs so well. I mean, it even comes to the point where in less than a month, people are making memes about him performing extremely well when there are some uh, especially good-looking women in the crowd. Which, I mean, is this statistically true? Yes. No, it is. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with it. Jordan Poole performs better with some good-looking women in the crowd. But even without, you know, uh, those. And without the jokes, Jordan Poole is an amazing player. You look at Steph Curry. Once again, as I was saying before, we were focusing on JP, the GOAT. 
Uh, Steph Curry completely changed the game. We have to remember, he came in here, and all of a sudden, people were shooting threes more. Steph Curry flipped the NBA on its head, especially as somebody that's known for making some ridiculous shots. Some people can even say and argue that Steph Curry makes ridiculous shots more than he makes normal ones. You know what I mean? He'll be on the floor dribbling, and he'll make that three from beyond the arc, but sometimes he can't shoot a wide-open three, which, I mean, it is what it is. We all have our moments. But uh, to, to reiterate and finally close my point, I mean, I do have the Warriors over the Suns. I can't have it any other way. I just feel like the Warriors are going to perform better. I feel like Clay's going to pick it up a little bit. I feel like JP's going to do what JP needs to do. The only way I see the Warriors not being the Suns is if Curry underperforms a little bit. Uh, Clay stays the same. Draymond, I don't know where Draymond is. Draymond is me, 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 sleeping on what he needs to do. Uh, I mean, Wiseman, you can't really ask for much from Wiseman. Wiseman's doing pretty good. But, you know, I, it's just, I don't know what to say. Listen, all I'm going to say is this. If I got to choose between Devin Booker and another player, give me Inguadala. Give me Inguadala over Devin Booker. And that is the way I If Martians are aiming the death beam at the planet of Earth, Straight into the White House through the core of the Earth specifically. I want Andre Iguodala. Damn it. I want him to take that shot. Not anybody else. Not Devin Booker. I would rather have Giannis Antetokounmpo taking that three-point shot. I would rather have Sheik Il O'Neal. Taking a free throw. Nothing else. Before I, I close, I, I, I don't know what I did to deserve this, man. This is sad. <laughs> this is exactly what happened with Joshua. I don't hate Devin Booker, but you know what I hate? The Suns. The Suns. The Suns. The Suns. You want to bandwagon the Suns? Everybody. Everyone. No, I'm not saying you. I'm saying everybody wants to bandwagon the Suns just because. Of Devin Booker being a good shooting guard. Like, like there's no absolutely... I barely knew any Suns players exactly, before last year. Exactly. Before, uh, two years ago, I apologize. But I barely knew any Suns players. And all of a sudden, people like you are putting... Well, I mean, I'll give it to you. You're probably a Suns player for a decent amount of time. Let's be honest. I, I, I know you might be. If you're not, this proves my point further. But I was seeing people absolutely be like, Oh, Devin Booker's trash not going to do anything uh cp 30 you know chris paul the third zero rings is not going to do what he needs to do and the suns perform well for about a year and all of a sudden people are calling devin booker the goat the best shooting guard of all time i've even seen people go so far as to say he's the new kobe which I think is downright damn blasphemous. You can, you can't I mean, you can't say that. You can't say that he's the new Kobe Bryant, especially knowing what the late great Mamba, rest in peace, may God hold his soul dear. Uh, you can't say that he's anything near what Kobe did. I mean, Kobe imitating, or, or not even imitating, but mimicking MJ's style and putting his own twist on it. I mean, Devin Booker's not doing what you know Kobe's doing and on top of that you know once again they perform well for a year all of a sudden Chris Paul's gonna get a ring you know all of a sudden Devin Booker's uh, the front of a 2k cover 
which honestly, if I'm being quite frank with y'all right now, uh, NBA aside, who the heck let Devin Booker get a 2K cover for one year of, of, of decent performance, which is what you expect of him? I mean, really, we're rewarding him and giving him his flowers that much. I'm all for giving players their flowers. But it's to a point where there's like, it's, it's, it's pathetic. All right, all right. I think I get the point here. Whatever. Um, I would like to say, Suns and Warriors. The only thing that concerns that the Suns don't really have, you know, a Curry type player, a Luka type player. You know, that's gonna go out and give you buckets in, uh, in an ISO way. They are more of a team player. And as Ramon said, you know, our team relies on DeAndre Ayton. And as you see, the Mavericks eliminating DeAndre Ayton. It's just a cat, a cat and mouse game. Between who turnovers the ball more, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. We've seen in the Mavs series. However, this next team I like to talk about, you know, since um, that's when I start slandering my team, I guess. Uh, it's the Los Angeles Lakers, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, well, what can I say? I, I, I was never a believer in the Lakers, not last year, even when they acquired Russell Westbrook. Um, I just, I never liked Russ. He's always been a ball hog. He's always been a guy to take 32 shots a game and make 15, 16. Not even. Um, I would like to mention that they won their first game. Having him make over 10, Denver first Rockets. of all, is ridiculous. Uh, 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 um, that they won <laughs> They won their first game against the Denver Nuggets, and, you know, which also concerns me with the Denver Nuggets. How do you not beat a team like the Los Angeles Lakers? with Jokic and Jamal Murray giving you great points. But ultimately, this Lakers team, they are in some deep poverty right now. Um, now, I don't have anything against the Lakers. I'm a big Kobe fan. I love Kobe Bryant. I love Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, Shaquille Even the role players of Rick Fox and Derek Fisher. You know, they're, 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 they're really good. Robert Ory. But um, in all seriousness, LeBron's aging. You know, and, and he's still giving you consistency, which is what I like the most. But Anthony Davis being healthy, and a lot of Lakers fans wanted to make the point and the argument that if Anthony Davis stays healthy, they're going to be a better team than last year. And I'm just not seeing that. Uh, this team has no bench depth, no shooting, not one player in the team is a consistent shooter other than LeBron James. And well, I do have to mention he is aging, so his efficiency and how quick – He's able to get the ball in the basket is slimming down. Mm -hmm. And can I not mention that they are the team with the second most turnovers, the second highest turnovers. This team, again, they're in some deep, like they're in some deep stuff, man. Um, you know, you get played, you uh, you get outplayed by Damian Lillard. Um, again, expect this team to be a, a lottery team with no picks. They're going to be a lottery team and have zero draft picks. And for Lakers fans, I'm sorry, but it's only downhill from here. Yeah, as you said, you know, Anthony Davis uh, only missing one game due to rest. You know, him being healthy, that's what we all think that he's going to be the key role player of the Lakers. You know, still he's dropping 20 points a game. Uh, I don't know how LeBron is having more rebounds than Davis. Um, cause LeBron. True. Um, you know it's they're one and five this year. You know, um, and they play the Pelicans tonight. They should lose that game. Uh, the Pelicans are a much better team. 
Um, but besides the point, this Lakers team is very disappointing. Uh, no shooters. Uh, turnovers are costing them. Uh, West Brick does not know how to shoot. Uh, he went 1 through 10. 1 for 10. Or 0 oh for 10, sorry. It was 1 for 11, I believe, actually. Oh, 1 for 11 uh, by the halftime. You know, that's just that's just not acceptable. And West Westbrook um, on the OKC was amazing. I loved him with the OKC. He was excellent. You know, when he went to the Lakers, I'm like, okay, this Lakers team is evolving. But, you know, I don't know. This is just a disappointing season yet again for the Lakers. Um, well, I mean, let me just say this. I think you are right. You touched on a lot of my points. This Laker team is very disappointing the way they have been. But one thing I, I do need to mention, last game against the Nuggets, they shot a record 43% from the three. And seeing something like that, it really opened my eyes up because it let me realize that they have the potential to shoot, but for some reason, they just don't shoot. Now, here's the thing. One thing that was different with the Nuggets game and then the game previous to that, Russell Westbrook came off the bench. And I don't know if it's just me. I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy still can't shoot, but there's something different about him. There's a different energy that is coming off of Russell Westbrook, and I like it. I watched that Nuggets game, and I'm telling you right now, the way he pushed the pace of that game with that second unit, getting into the paint, finishing at the basket, getting those calls, I mean, that's the Russell Westbrook that will win you games. That's the Russell Westbrook that the Lakers need. Unfortunately, before, that Russell Westbrook was that guy who would pull up from 30 and think it would be wise to take a shot. We, I didn't see that last game. I liked what I saw from him. Do I think that they're going to somehow be contenders if he's on the bench? No, no. I don't think that. Obviously not. But I do think that if Russell Westbrook keeps coming off of the bench and playing the way he does, not only that, but you have guys like Lonnie Walker, you have guys like Austin Reeves, and then, I, I, I mean, this team has potential. And then not even to mention Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is a fast guard who can contribute to the defense. I mean, the one thing that we need to mention about this Lakers, they actually have one of the best defenses in the league. And that's something that's not talked about enough. They have one of the best defenses in the league. Their offense is horrible because they can't shoot. But their defense has been pretty solid to keep them close in a lot of these games. And I'm telling you right now, if they play the way they did against the Nuggets and add on to their offense, plus the defense that they already have, I'm telling you right now, like your team can win some games. Now, I've been hearing a lot of a lot of people talk about, okay, do I think that the Lakers should keep Russell Westbrook and no. get Buddy Heal? God. Absolutely not. Russell Westbrook does not fit with the Lakers. He does not fit with LeBron James. That's exactly why he cannot play in the starting five. You can't have a, 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 a caliber player like Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench for a team like the Lakers. You can't. He has to be in the starting five. But we know from experience, he just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit with LeBron. He doesn't fit with AD. It's not a good work. Buddy Heald, I feel like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, and it's all over the news how Miles Turner went on his podcast and said that they should trade for him. I personally believe that they should. I like Miles Turner. I think he would be a great addition for the team because he's another guy who can play center. He would take a lot of pressure off AD. Plus, I think AD at the four, him at the five, could be very dangerous for other teams defensively. And I think he could also space out the floor, allowing guys like Russell Westbrook to get into the paint if they were to keep him. So I'm proud of I'm proud of the Laker team after getting their first game. Do I think they're gonna win tonight's game? Honestly, no, no. I mean, no faith. I, I mean, I want to say I have hope. Honestly, I'm I don't. Say, I'm gonna say they have a chance. 
But I don't expect them to win tomorrow. I mean, uh, tonight. I mean, the only way they can win tonight is if AD is 100% and the AD's not holding his back. I know he's been dealing with some uh, back soreness. But AD has to play dominant. I want to see this guy in the paint. I want to see him dunking. I want to see him getting layups. I want to see him getting those easy turnaround jumpers inside of the paint. I'm so sick and tired of seeing AD settling for those little 20-foot jump. No, you are the tallest guy on the floor. Get your butt in the paint. Block the shots. Get the ball inside of the hoop. And just do what you do, man. Well, the only way that works is if AD, you know, travels into the future to the cyberpunk universe and replaces his glass body with titanium. Uh, and that's not to poop all over AD. I love AD. He, he's, he's a great player. There's no disputing that whatsoever. But the issue is that he's too prone to injury. And, and it's almost uh, the same issue that, you know, other players have. You're built out of glass, but you're playing an extremely physical position, which is ex also the reason why Russell Westbrook just can't fit on the Lakers. He's an extremely physical guard. He's known for his finishing. He's a one guard that facilitates and finishes more than he shoots, really, if we're being honest. And you're putting him on a team full of people that can, you know, all shoot, especially people like LeBron. That can play, you know, mostly every single position besides, you know, maybe, of course, center because, you know, you can't be 6'8 and play center. Let's be honest. But you can't put them on a team full of all very physical and athletic people that can finish mainly. You need to put them on a team. It's the same reason why the Lakers don't work with LeBron right now. You need to put both of them on a team surrounded with shooters so they can perform their best, so they can go in, they can finish, and they can play their D respectively. And they can facilitate and have their teammates that are better at shooting take the shots rather than force them to take shots they're not comfortable with or force Westbrook to come up from, as Ramon said, 30 and think he's pulling that. I mean, he's not Steph, to be quite frank. The only person I know that can do that is Steph. Uh, I think we're running out of time here. We have two. We have what? Two more teams? What, what teams do we have, Lucas? Enlighten me. Oh my God, the the Jazz. I think I think we've touched upon the Warriors a little bit. I mean, what can we say about the Warriors? They're, they're, they're in a defense. Hole. Yeah, they're in a hole right now. I mean, I, I think. I mean, I, we saw a little bit of it last year, part of the season when they went on a little stretch in which they weren't doing anything. I think it's going to be temporary. I think Clay Thompson just has to get out of that funk. I mean, he is still coming back after his injury. So I think it's still gonna get him. It's still gonna. It's gonna still gonna take time for him to get acclimated back to the court, get acclimated back to Curry, acclimated back to Draymond Green. Um, I think the team just has to keep going. Most importantly, I think they need to to lock down on defense. There's no reason why you should lose to a team like the Pistons, in my opinion. I mean, this team is way too good to lose against the Pistons. The only way you can lose against the Pistons is if you're not. Is if you're the Kings. Exactly, and if you're not defending the basket. So in that note, I feel like if they get the if they get better defensively, then they should easily be able to dominate the the uh, the, the Western Conference. Yeah. Um. You know, the part of their defense scares me, and what scares me the most is James Wiseman. Um. Right. He, you know, a seven footer brought in to really anchor that defense. You know, become better than Draymond Green, in a sense of you know getting more boards, and he's just been. Disappointing all season. Uh, James Wiseman, you know, he's not much of a scorer, but it's okay. And then, I mean, if you look at his production, he got zero rebounds against the Miami Heat. Um, 
you know, Wiseman and Poole being utterly inconsistent also hurts this team a lot. Uh, Curry is, I would like to say, 34. I, I'm pretty sure, I believe. Um, and, you know, he's he's dropping, you know, against the Heat, 23, 13, and 13. How much more does Curry have to do? And, you know, with Clay not playing to his, you know, full capacity, this team... You know, some people don't want to put concerns on them. I would like to put concerns on them. As per uh, Clay, you know, because, you know, their core is aging. Believe it or not, Green is aging, Curry's aging, Clay is aging. Their young guys aren't really there yet. But it'll be a long season. Uh, this next team I want to talk about is the Utah Jazz. Mm. And for a lot of surprises, a lot of people think that they were going to tank right away. And I personally think that the Jazz don't know what to do right now. They don't know whether to tank or whether to keep, you know, seeing if they should continue to win more games. Um, Laurie Markin and Jordan Clarkson, I will have to say, uh, have just been dominant. Um, especially Laurie Markin, and he's been huge for the Jazz. And, you know, Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan Clarkson. This is a team that they know that they have nothing to lose. And they're playing like they have nothing to lose. You know, they knocked out the Grizzlies twice. Uh, and even teams like the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. Uh, there's nothing much else to say here. You know, this team is legit this year. Uh, I, I, I really can't tell you how much is going to stay and how much is going to keep up. But uh, the Utah Jazz, they, like, they are performing really well right now. And I think, yeah, they are third place in the Western Conference. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with what Utah has been doing, especially since losing Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I mean, I honestly thought that when they lost those two guys, this team would be horrible, but they have impressed me a lot. I mean, I'm really happy to see what this team has been doing. Um, do I think they, I think eventually they will tank because they do want to get in on that number one pick, that, that the possible number one pick. So I do think eventually they'll tank, but I think for now they're just testing the waters to see the potential of their team, to see what can be built upon in the future. And I think it's a smart move. Um, and I mean, I just wish the Utah Jazz the best. I mean, they, they've gone through so much. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, all that drama between those two guys. And now they're just starting fresh. Jordan Clarkson, um, I, I, I love Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he developed so well from his days with LeBron on the Lakers. And to see him go to the Utah Jazz and develop into the player that he is now, um, I, I, I just, I really hope that Utah... Uh, keeps him. I really do because I think he loves it there and I think he develops well there. But we just have to see what's going to happen with Utah. I don't know. They're a wild card for me. I don't know if they're going to tank. I don't know if they're going to keep going. I personally, I would like to think that they will tank because if they get to the playoffs, I mean, they're going to get demolished. They don't have a star, a star, a all-star caliber player to really lead them in that front. So we'll just have to see what happens when it comes to Utah. Uh, no, I mean, I got to agree with all the points. About the Jazz, I I think I think the issue with the Jazz, I saw a couple of jokes that the Jazz were tanking, and by tanking they mean they're tanking every single team in the league completely, because there's no way you're supposed to be tanking and you're not having a bad record, which is a bit concerning. But you know, uh, I really do hope that they will tank. You know, not even just to try to get Webb and Yama, but in general, because once again they don't have the caliber to play against some of the uh, other teams that are going to be in their conferences. So, 
I, I just I, I don't want the it's not because I hate the Jazz, but I don't want the Jazz to go to the playoffs. I, I believe they should just tank and let it be over with. Well, uh, that concludes it for the second NBA recap. We will be here next Wednesday. Blasphemy! Uh, hopefully, you know, to talk about more teams and more points, as you know, we haven't gotten to the point of Luka Doncic and John Morant, but it's all fine. Oh, Luka's MVP season? NBA recap. Um, but yeah, we'll be here next Wednesday. Yeah. All right. See you guys.